This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just want your spirit in everything. Lord, we need the right council members. I pray that every member would close your eyes right now and ask God to give you a name and, it, and tell him you'll go back after church and, and put it down. Okay? Lord, I'll put a name in my heart. It's just in the buddy system or a popularity test like high school. Ask the Lord to give you a name. Okay? And, they, and tell him that you'll go fill it out and drop it in the basket. Because we, we need you to do that today. God bless you. Amen. Uh, If you pull your insert out, I'm I'm very excited. I'm so excited that we're going to be launching a brand new series this week. And uh, I truly believe that it's going to change your life. Um, That awakening series we did in in the month of January, I believe that was an awakening that changed life. Well, now I believe that this is truly going to be powerful and it's going to change our lives. It's going to be so powerful. And we've called this series, if you ought to write this down, if it's not in your insert, it's better together. We always talk about great families, but I, I would say some people would just be happy if it was good. Amen? Or if your family was even average or even close to average, okay? And then we start talking about great families, you're like, whew, I I don't know about that. So uh, we're going to, uh, in the next five weeks, we're going to unpack some truths that we really believe are going to make some families go from average to good to great in Jesus' name. How many want to receive that in your home? Amen? Luke 6, 49 through 46 through 49 says this. I, I think it's cool that Jesus began with a very interesting question. He said this. I see this a lot with church people and sometimes with with Brian. He said this. He said, uh, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, and you're not doing what I say? You know, a lot of times, oh, Lord, Lord. He said, why do you keep calling me that? What you call me that for? If you're not doing what I say, I'll show you what it's like. When people come to me, but we're going to have to get a better background next week. We can't see that thing. Amen. I'll tell you what it's like when, when, uh, when, when people, listen to this. Three things. I want you to write this down. I don't think it's in your insert. I'll show you what it's like when people come to me. God wants you to come to him and say, man, I need some help. When they listen to my teachings, in other words, they pay attention to me. They listen to what I'm trying to say. They take note. They pay attention. And I see three steps here. And I'm, uh, I see three steps. Come to me. Listen to me. Then follows. They ask and they grasp and they do it. It's like a person building a house who, I want you to circle this, digs deep. If you want to have a great family, what we're going to do the next five weeks is we're going to dig deep and lay the foundation on some solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it was well built. It was well built. But anyone who hears my sayings and they don't obey them, it's like a person who builds a house on a ground without foundation. To me, that's what society's doing, and that's what our culture's doing. They're trying to build a foundation on what doesn't make uh, good houses. When the floods come, it doesn't say if the floods come. Everybody say when. 
when the floods come, when the floods come down against the house, it will not collapse into ruins. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, what do you do? What do you do? Some of you, I, I talked about how, man, I just settle for a good family or an average family. Man, have you went with me, Pastor? I live in the crazy. My family's crazy. My family's chaos. It, it, it's, it's, have you been to my home? There, there's no peace. There's no unity. It, it's like crazy. And you know, sometimes where we're at doesn't look like where God wants us to be. Sometimes our real isn't what God's ideal is. But in these next five weeks, we're going to move God's ideal into our life where it becomes a real in our life. But even today, you know, some people are married with kids. Some people are married with no kids. Some people are single. Some people are single again. Some people are single again from a painful divorce. Some people are on their second marriage. Some are on their third marriage. Some might even be on their fourth marriage. Some, there may be blended families today. But brothers and sisters, what I kept hearing God say in my heart, wherever you are, God comes where you're at. He doesn't throw stones and He doesn't judge and He doesn't tell you what should have been or what could have been done. He takes you right where you're at. Amen? And He can bring something good to wherever you're at. All families are different. We agree with that. But something else we agree with is that when families, the, the things which, which can happen in families, we all agree on this, family can be the most painful thing. It can bring out the most hurt. It can bring out the heartache and the sorrow and the tension comes through family relationships. But another thing we all agree on is that family is the place where you experience love at the deepest level you'll ever experience it. We experience joy at the deepest level and the happiness and the fulfillment and the satisfaction we're looking at. So we all look at that. We might be in different places in our families, but we all agree we, we, we all agree that it, when it's good, it's the best thing this side of heaven. How many say when it's good? When mama's happy, when the kids are happy, when daddy's happy. How many say it's good? It's probably the best thing this side of heaven. But when it's bad, we say, man, it's bad, and it's probably the, the, it's probably the worst thing this side of, well, 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 okay. So, so we, we know that. We know that. So you might be thinking, well, now Brian's going to open up the Bible, and he's going to go through, and he's going to show me in the Bible all these picture-perfect families. Actually, it's the opposite of that. If you go looking through the Bible and search for that picture-perfect family, show it to me. Show it to me. Because God's in the business of taking nobody's is ideal. You, you know, I talked to somebody that was so ashamed of, 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 of a lifestyle and, and something that, 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 that they were living and going through. And, and they thought I was going to be critical on them. I was like, how can I throw a stone at you? How can I get a splinter out of you when I got a moat in my eye? Hey, brothers and sisters, we need to get to a place as a church where we quit making sins and we quit making different things in categories where you boost yourself up if you don't drink, smoke, or cuss and you're married once that you're a better Christian because you're not. You're not. Everybody has hurts. Everybody has hang-ups. My guys, some of you may not do some of that, but your, your, your mouth is murders people every day. 
But yet you sat, people just sat thinking in, in complacency, worshiping their self of how close to God they are. I don't think so, man. Without God's grace, we all are going to break hell wide open. Everyone will. Nobody's real matches God's ideal. Nobody's does. You know, Cain and Abel started right out, two brothers hating each other. Ended up killing each other. Had jealousy and competition. Amen. Family problems. As soon as Noah got off the ark, his boys got him drunk. Two of his boys walked away and didn't look at their dad's nakedness. He was laying naked. The other one looked at his dad's nakedness. Some thinks some type of sodomy could have happened. He looked at dad's nakedness. So we see. Hey, don't look at me like, uh, you you mean that happens? Yeah, actually, I've talked to people even this week that sexual abuse happened in family, in the immediate family, this week. So, So don't look at me like, oh, that don't happen. Yeah, it does. There are probably people in here today that have had something happen like Noah did. Sometimes our real isn't God's ideal. It's not. It's just not. Abraham and his, and his Lot nephew took care of his, his, his nephew Lot. I mean, this was like his own son. Lot, like his, he raised him up like his own son. But then they started fighting and having, not they, but their, their, their people under him was fighting and stuff. And so they split up. And then Lot went right to Sodom. I mean, have a, a family member that they're going to Sodom. If you, if you do anything, uh, keep your family members from going to the world. Some families, you've got children, nephews, nieces, they're going to the world. There was such loss there. There's loss there, the drama and the pain of the family in that godless place and Lot's wife dying and Abraham. The drama continues where there's hatred and fighting between Ishmael and Isaac and it just went on. And then Joseph, everybody knows about Joseph, his, his brother's jealous because they thought dad loved him more and, and, and got special treatment. How many of you are jealous of your siblings and you don't talk? I'm telling you, that's your real. But it's not God's ideal. They threw him in a prison, wanted him to die, lied to the dead. David's son, Absalom. I mean, he was all torqued off because his sister was raped by another family member. This is the Bible families. To where he was mad at his dad because he thought his dad didn't do anything about it. On and on. We can go in the New Testament. We see Jesus dealt with pain of family each and every day. Each and every day there were family members. There was dads whose sons were severely depressed and they needed healing. And daughters who were cutting themselves. People living in the tombs of bondage. Afraid to... Have you ever been afraid to go in your teenager's room? And they're hurting themselves... Cutting themselves. They're in bondage. Hey, let's make the Bible real. That's family. That's what Jesus dealt with. That's a reality that a lot of us are in today. A daughter who, who they think her sickness is going to take her life. A family member who died. A widow and her son. Her only opportunity to succeed and have food was her son working. She didn't have any family. And now her son died. Jesus went up and stopped that funeral progression because he had compassion. How many widows are here today? 
How many of you wonder how you're going to get to the store and get some food? How many of you wonder how you're going to get your medicines from the doctor? How many of you sat lonely? Your only boy's gone. You had no family. That may be your real today. We see this craziness in the Bible. We see this craziness through the Bible. We can go through it. I could go on and on. I could preach an hour and that. I know what you're thinking. If all the Bible families are crazy, then what hope is there for me and my crazy family? Come on now. Seriously. What hope? Anybody thinking that? What hope is there for me and my crazy family? Hey, we all have crazy families. Every one of you has at least one crazy person. Come on. At least one crazy. And listen, if you're sitting here and you're saying, no, I don't even have one crazy person in our whole family. Pastor, there's not one crazy person. I'm saying you're the crazy person. And you just don't know it. I'm telling you, every family, there's crazy going on. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do when all the odds are against us? What do we do when culture's against us? What do we do when the educational system is against us? What do we do when worldly teaching is against us? What do we do when people fill their lives up with so much stuff that our children aren't even taught who Noah is and who Moses even is? And I go to a youth group and I talk about manna and they don't even know what it is. That happened to me here. To me, that's your fault as a parent. For not getting them in the house of the Lord. Because that should be first and foremost. Guys, we're stewards. We're stewards of our families. And our first and foremost thing, politeness is nice. Kindness is nice. Respect is nice. Goodness is nice. Harmony in the family is nice. But first and foremost, fathers and mothers, we must let our children know who Jesus Christ is and what the Bible stories are. Cultures against you. Cultures teach them evolution. We got to teach them creation. Cultures teach them all that. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Jesus said, if you'll come to me, you'll listen. Why do we put more stock in what Tuss and so says? Because all their degrees. What about his degree? Why do we put more hope in counseling and what science tells us. Jesus said, if you'll come to me and listen and pay attention to what I say. That's why we have growing kids God's way. Two classes completely full. Where's Mike today? Is Larry Nacelli here? Larry, where are you at? He's out in the lobby. Mike, I think Mike's another one coming in, the, getting ready, him and Nicole. So we get another teacher and another teacher. This time we got two classes full of ten. Well, Mike's getting trained. And Chad and Rachel. Where's Chad and Rachel? Chad's up there. Rachel, stand up. Amen. People are getting trained. Derek and Rochelle, are they here? Derek and Rochelle. I mean, they, they, people are getting trained to teach us how to grow kids God's way. I think Mike and Nicole's the next one's coming up. Let's have seven small groups full of ten. Are y'all with me? If we'll hear these teachings and follow them, it's like a person in this house who digs deep. Let's talk about that a minute. Let's dig deep. 
The next five weeks isn't going to be a little fork. I wish I had a fork. Hey, a little fork. I'm going to dig. I'm going to dig in my marriage a little bit and flip a few granules to the side. Buddy, it's time to get the track hose in and some heavy equipment, some bulldozers and track hose and some some jackhammers to get through some hard rocks in your marriages and your families and let's remove some dirt let's let's remove some dirt and remove some stuff that's been getting in the way let's let's get down when we built this church back there in that corner after we got it dug out it, it was like three foot of water all the time three foot of water under this church and we had to stick the pumps in and keep the pump going and going and going and going so we could rush in some concrete. Right back there in that corner. That's why the church is lopsided a little bit. No biggie. Hear me right. No, I'm kidding. But, but that, that big old water. You know, underneath this church, there's like 18 pillars that are two by two. But when you get down there, how do you know? Because I helped dig it. When you get down there, you dig three more feet after that. And then it's 12 by 12, and then it's full of inch around metal, every eight inches tied with wire ties, and filled full, three foot by 12 foot by 12 foot by 12 foot, filled full of concrete so this house can stand in this witness. I'm telling you, we need to dig deep. What's Trump saying about drain the drain the swamp? Forget politics. We need to drain the swamp in our marriage and family. We need to get the water out of the way. Get some foundation. I'll tell you, we need to dig deep. We're going to dig deep. We're going to dig deep. Our culture, Miley Cyrus, I don't care what she wears. I don't care if Katy Perry says I kissed a girl and I like it. You're not supposed to like that. I don't care what designer shows, how they make dads look stupid. You know, when we grew up, Grandpa, it used to be Father Knows Best. And there was some respect and some courtesy. Now it's throw Dad a beer on these home shows and make him look like he doesn't know which end to turn on a hammer and what a saw is and and the wife walking around like she knows how, how to do everything. I'm not against that, but they make a man look stupid and weak. I'm telling you, men, you're strong in the Lord. God's called you to be a protector. God's called you to be strong. Your wife wants you to be strong. Your wife wants you to protect her. Your family wants you to 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 not mealy mouth and all the time. They want you to be strong because God made you strong. And I'll tell you what, I have a strong woman. That does not mean that women can't be strong. Because my wife is probably stronger than I am. But we're going to get into husband-wife relationship next week. It's together. Our culture celebrates brokenness. If you're sitting here, a father told me this week how he got his daughter a purity ring. If you're sitting here and you're saving yourself till marriage, forget these people wanting to give you condoms at school. 
Forget these people that tell you, try it out before you marry it. That is culture. We can't give up the sacred for the secular. It's cool to be pure. Pure's the best. It's cool to be a virgin when you're married. The pastor, I don't know what world you're from. You're in the old times. College is different. I may not get married till I'm 30. Then be pure till you're 30. Because you'll wish you were. When you find that man or you find that woman that you love with all your heart, you're going to wish that you would have only shared that with them and them only. That's the way God made it. That's his ideal. But some of you say, well, that sure ain't my real. That's God's ideal. How many, how many sitting here today, your real isn't anything close to God's ideal? So do we just give up? Do we take the approach like I do with eating? Where I actually did a 40-day fast. I got a few more days left. Have you done it perfectly? No, I've failed and cheated about three times. Right. But even with that, you can set an enemy hammering on you. See, you even failed at that. You even fail. I'm going to fail at everything, to be honest with you. In fact, the reason fasting is important, and if I have a chance of doing anything right, is if I do it for the Lord. Because willpower and determination gets me nowhere. But when I do things for the Lord, I tend to do a little better. But um, I could just sit and say, well, you screwed up. Forget the 40 days and go get all the ice cream and Cinnabons. And actually, I did do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my gosh, I ate the whole thing of them graham crackers that sis gave me. Where's sis at? Sis gave me a whole box of graham crapper, crackers. Crack, crack. <laughs> that's a true statement. She gave me the whole box of graham crackers. And I was, guys, I'm serious. I could take the double and I would walk in and to the kitchen and I could go. And come back and sit down. In fact, I got where I could do three. Maybe they stuck in my teeth and I come back in and sit by Carmen. Hallelujah. No, <laughs> no we, we, we could just give up. And, and that's why I'm asking you, do we just give up because of what secular is doing? Do we just give up because of what culture is doing? Do we just give up because of what teachers are telling us? Do we just give up because of what the educational system is doing? Do we just give up? Or do we say, God's family, baby, you want some revival? It's going to start a revival. It's not Washington, D.C. A revival is not going to be in our Senate and in our House of Representatives to be looking at that. Revival is going to happen when families get back to the book of Jesus Christ and the word of Jesus Christ and they make their families rock solid and then it will go out to everything else. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Don't give up or lose heart just because your real doesn't look like God's ideal. Have you ever said the kingdom, write this down, the kingdom is already 
has not yet for some of you. Kingdom's already. There's tension between the two. Some of you are tasting and longing for the kingdom or the ideal, yet you're stuck in the not yet. What are we going to do? We're going to fill the gap with God's grace. I know you're not there yet. I know your marriage and family isn't there yet. But God's grace will fill the gap until you are. First, you're going to get God's grace. Grace is, here's the definition, it's unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor and spiritual blessing from the Lord. When God's ideal doesn't match our will, Jesus bridges the gap with grace. The Bible says, for by one man's offense, death reigned through one. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through one, Jesus Christ. So the first thing is God fills that gap with you. God does. It starts with Him. And you receive abundance of grace. Well, you're not there yet. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Not of your works or your performance. Lest any man should boast. So it starts with Him and He starts lavishing you with an abundance of grace. Grace. The Lord, I'm not. I remember, I remember one time hitting my knees with the rain falling. This is true. In the mud on my knees and the rain falling. And I was trying to quit chewing tobacco. And, uh, Pastor, you chewed tobacco? Yeah, since I was 13. And I'm trying to quit chewing tobacco. And I said, look at me. Look at the pathetic excuse I am of a man and a person. God didn't say, you know, you're right. You are pretty pathetic. He started telling me how much he loved me. How much he cared for me. He lavished me with his grace. And brothers, what will change a man is not rules and fingers in the face. Hey, if the law could do it, then why'd Jesus come? We'd have just been good with Moses. If the law and the requirements, and this is what you need to do, it's good because it lets us know good from evil. and lets us know the clear expectations. You can't accept, expect quality without clear expectation. It, it lets you see the clear expectation. But can any of you do the law? Grace came. Grace came. The law is powerless. The law is cold. The law actually tells you what you're not and, and how you need to be. There is no power in the law. Honey, wife, man, there's no power by laying the law down to your husband. There's no power in laying the law down to your wife. Once you lay your life down. That was powerful. That was powerful. I don't think anybody got that. There, I don't even think I can say it again. There ain't no power in laying the law down. That needs to be a tweet. There ain't no power in laying the law down. There's power in laying your life down. That's powerful. Okay. So... 
So we receive this grace, and we righteousness is a gift. Righteousness means right standing. You know what's neat? I always thought this this isn't fair. Adam's messed up, and so I, I get his mess up. And if anybody thinks deep at all, that had to cross your mind. What come Adam's sin made me die? I didn't do. Even the Bible even says, even if you think you didn't do anything, you're still sinner. You're like that ain't fair. Well, let me show you what else isn't fair. The same way that you didn't do anything, you may not have done anything that you think was wrong. And why are you paying for what somebody else did? Listen. The same thing is flipped the other way. When you didn't do anything right, you get all of Jesus' righteousness and you didn't do anything. That's a revelation I got in the last year. It got me out of performance and got me into His total grace. And total grace is what will change you. Because Titus says in Titus 2, 11 and 12, it talks about Jesus came as grace. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, it talks about how Jesus came in grace. And it says in the New King James Version, it says that grace teaches us to deny ungodliness. And we are instructed to turn from godliness and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom. I like it in the New King James better. Verse 11 and 12 in the New King James Version, it says grace teaches you. You know what teaches you? How many would rather, would you rather your wife or your husband love you because of the contract you signed? Or would you rather love them love you because... And be married to you because they love you. God doesn't, God doesn't just get all thrilled with people just serve him out of contract. He wants to know that you love him. Let me tell you, when you love him, when you love him, when you truly love him, and when you truly, some of you want to get free, this is it. If you want to be free, when you get a revelation first of God's love, how's that work in my marriage? That's why I'm up here and you're down there. You're over there, not down. Because it does work. It is God's way. You put God first and you behold Him and you behold His Word and you listen to His teaching and you say yes to His teaching and you do His teachings, it will change your life. It will. Jesus said it. Okay? That's when I got free. Is not when I said, well, I'm supposed to do this, or I'm required to do that, or pastors don't do that, and pastors don't act that way. That got me nowhere. I got some traction when I just fell head over heels in love with Jesus Christ. That's why I got some traction. God would rather you love Him not out of contract but out of love for Him. So that's one way. Another way is fill the gap with some faith. I, I, some of you don't like it when I say stuff like this, but I believe it and I just have to say it. Faith, if you can see it, you can be it. You're able to see, view, and vision the unseen. That's when it will be your new scenery. When you're able to see God's idea through faith eyes and through grace God's ideal will be your real. 
Have a little faith. Have a little hope. The Bible says it's good for us to both hope. This is Lamentations 3.26. It's good for us to both hope and quietly wait for our salvation. This isn't twiddling your thumbs and singing twiddly D. This is waiting with full expectation that it's going to happen. Do you all believe Jesus is going to come? See, that's hope. How many really believe He's coming? But do you do it like this? Well, I wonder if He's coming. I wonder if my situation's... That's not hope. Hope is you know. You're waiting with anticipation. Guys, your marriages, your children, it's not, well, I don't see this marriage ever getting any better. That, that ain't hope. That ain't faith and hope. you got to fill that gap with some hope. I know it's getting better. You need to change your mouth and your words. And it'll change your heart and your... your. We need to fill it with some faith, some hope. And then the love factor is so powerful. How many remember Huey Lewis in the news? That's the power of love. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, excuse me. That's the power of love. Guys, I challenge you. Tim, these, these young people don't even know what the world we're even talking about. Huey Lewis in the who? No, there was the who too. But this is Huey Lewis in the news. That's the power of... Isn't that on Back to Future? Okay. Hey, guys, write this down because we got to quit. 1 Corinthians 13. Here's a takeaway. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 through 13. Everywhere it says love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not. It tells you this. Wherever it says that, love bears all things. I want you to put your name. Brian bears all things. Brian believes all things. I want you to do that all week. How many will do that? How many will take some faith, hope, and love and start filling your situation? And then um, we need to be intentional is the last point. Guys, listen to this. And you guys can start, Brian. You came up at a perfect time. We're trying to get this down. They did so good today. Listen, be intentional. Be intentional. Titus talks about the older teaching the new. The Lord spoke this to me. God said this to me. He said, Brian, the best counselors are in the church. And they're free. Couples, if you're going through something hard, I remember one time Dave and Marlene, when I lived by them, they said, man, couples are starting to come to me and ask for marital advice. I'm like, that's cool. You know some of the grandpa and grandma, Jay and Karen, um, I think Isabel, I think you guys have a good marriage. There are some, Bill and Kelly, I think they got an incredible marriage. I mean, there's people that I look at them and I'm like, they got a good marriage. Man, I see the husband acting right and the wife, man, and I try to be like that. That's the best counseling. Find some people in church. Go to their house. These are takeaways. Go to their house. Invite them over. Hey, guys. Conferences. Something happens when you go on a mission trip with the boys or the, the team. Something happens when you take your wife to a marriage conference. Be intentional. And then the last thing I want to tell you 
is if you are married and you have children or teens, I love the way Josh said it. We're buying the food. We provided babysitters. We've got the curriculum. The downstairs is ready. We wanted to take uh, the, 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 the timing. We wanted to take away every obstacle so that marriages, or even say you're dating somebody and you want to know what the, it's supposed to be like. Say you're single and you want to get married. Go downstairs today. If you didn't sign up, go downstairs. I'll go buy some more food if we need it. But for the next five weeks, right after church, we're going to go downstairs. 56 people are already signed up. So other couples and other couples with kids, they're going to break out in small groups. We're going to go over what I preached about today. You're going to eat together. There's babysitting. There's every obstacle is removed. What, what's, there's no excuses. But if your husband or your wife's a lame brain, go to it. I even look at you two girls who are going to be married someday. Go to it. Go to it. Look at you, Luke. Feel free to go to it. Derek and Paige, feel free to go to it. You all with me? Be intentional. I asked the Lord how to do the altar call, and I know He said that couples... Here's where you're going to start bucking. Because people lack humility. You ain't going to get any help until you humble yourself. People lack humility. But I felt God say the first step is admitting you got a problem. Not that your wife has a problem or your husband has a problem, but you've got a problem. And I felt the Lord say that people were to come forward. If your marriage, and it probably ought to be like death, Hundred to no, everybody, it's going to have hundred to nothing. If your marriage isn't ideal, I want you to come with your spouse. I want you to come with your future husband or wife and talk about things in your relationship. Talk about it, and then go to group and write it down and be intentional. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.